Next up, Persa Siskander with Humanity's Impact on Wild Animal Suffering. Round of applause for Persis. Hi. So uh, in trying to understand whether humans have um, an impact on wild animals, whether they contribute or alleviate wild animal suffering, um, one of the difficulties that we encounter is how we measure the effect that we have on wild animals. So one interesting metric is the human appropriation of net primary productivity, um, which for the rest of this talk I'm, I'm abbreviating as human appropriation of NPP. So um, the reason this is interesting is because it lets us look at the effect we have, um, the effect of our activities on the ecosystems of wild animals, and that lets us draw implications on population dynamics and sources of suffering. So I'm going to go right now into the really boring technical stuff, but I promise it won't last very long. Um, so what is primary production? It's the process of turning chemical energy into organic molecules. So think photosynthesis, where um, we have chemical energy from the sun, is combined with water and carbon dioxide, and it gets turned into glucose. So if primary production is the process, then the primary producers are the plants that facilitate that process. Uh, so gross primary production is the total amount of organic molecules uh, in the form of biomass. Um, and net primary production is what remains after the primary producers take what they need to survive. So that's called respiration. Um, human appropriation of net primary productivity is then how much we use for our own purposes. So for food, for fuel use and extraction, for livestock production, um, as well as what is lost by the way that humans use land. Um, so this is interesting because there's only a finite amount of MPP flow in the environment. Once it's used, it can't be used again. And it matters because NPP is basically the source of life for all heterotrophic species, including humans. Um, so what I've done in this paper is basically survey the literature on human appropriation of NPP and look at um, three categories. The way we um, appropriate NPP across land use, um, how we appropriate NPP over time, and how we do it across geographic regions. Um, and the findings are pretty interesting. So unsurprisingly, cropland and infrastructure areas are the most are used most intensively, um, and harvest per unit area and per year is obviously largest on cropland. What's really interesting is that agriculture is um, contains the largest share of global human appropriation of MPP at 78%, and the remaining 22% is caused by forestry, infrastructure, and human-induced fires combined. Um, over time, MPP grew from 13% in 1910 to 25% in 2005. But interestingly, the human population grew by 274%, and GDP it grew by 1,655%. So per capita, our appropriation of MPP has actually decreased. Um, and there are two main reasons. One is that we rely less on food and timber harvest for economic production. And the second is that we've seen an improvement in land use efficiency, so crop yields are rising. Um, across geographic regions, there are interesting, there's an interesting um, dynamic. In Central Asia, the Russian Federation and Oceania we have very low levels of human appropriation of net primary productivity at 11 to 12%. And you can contrast this with southern Asia and southern and eastern um, Europe, where they sit at 63% and 52%. Okay, so what inferences can we draw that are relevant for wild animals? I'm going to go through three um, because there's not a lot of time. But feel free to come up and talk to me afterwards in the office hours or during the closing reception to learn more about them.
Um, so the first one is how the most numerous wild animals suffer. So for those of you who caught my talk yesterday, I talked a little bit about the argument from life history theory, which suggests that since the most numerous animals live short lives, it's unlikely they've had enough positive experiences to outweigh the very negative experience of death. So the argument concludes that generally um, we can presume they live net negative lives. Um, what this means is that the more um, an NPP that humans appropriate, um, the more we see a reduction in population growth. And so if the species that are affected by this reduction in population growth are our strategists, it's actually likely to mean that there's um, a decrease in aggregate wild animal suffering. Um, the second inference is resource competition. So um, the individuals that survive and that make use of the remaining MPP um, are affected directly and indirectly by how humans appropriate it. Um, so when we appropriate a large share of MPP, we essentially leave less for consumption um, for the rest of heterotrophic species. Um, and that means we see an increase in resource competition. An increase in resource competition uh, means more wild animal populations face starvation and dehydration, and there are then ripples throughout ecosystems. Um, the last one I want to talk about is population control. So we saw that agriculture is the largest source of human appropriation of net primary productivity. Um, this is important because agriculture is a source of extensive and continued wild animal suffering. So for example, um, invasive and overabundant animal species are subject to annual population control measures when they interfere with um, crop harvest or livestock production. Um, and these are things like baiting, hunting, fumigation, poisons, um, and the release of disease. So this paper is really just an introduction into why the human appropriation of net primary productivity is interesting um, for wild animal suffering advocates and why learning more about this can help us. Um, there's a lot we still don't know. Uh, there's a lot more that we can understand. There's a lot more research that we can do. Um, but I think that if we can understand how humans affect the lives of wild animals across global ecosystems, then it puts us in a better position to try and identify cost-effective solutions. Thank you, Persis. Next up, to speak about the technological landscape affecting artificial general intelligence, please welcome Daniel F.